Today I feel uh, Qatari. Today I feel Arab. Today I feel African. Today I feel uh, gay. Today I feel disabled. Today I feel uh, a migrant worker. That was gay, disabled, Qatari migrant worker and FIFA president Gianni Infanto, Infantino, uh, telling us that he's a little bit of everything and who isn't during day two of Pride Month, people. Oh my God, if your genitals are still attached to you, you're a lucky person. Uh, I'm Dave Rubin. This is still the Rubin Report. We have not transitioned. And uh, it's Friday, so we got a roundtable extravaganza for you. Joining me today is the editor-in-chief of the post-millennial Libby Emmons and CEO of Becker News, Kyle Becker. Welcome back to the Rubin Report, guys. Thanks. Thank you, Dave. Uh, first off, it is Pride Month, and I just want to know how are you guys celebrating? Libby, you first. How are you celebrating this very exciting 30 days of Pride Month? Uh, I think I'm going to celebrate by um, perhaps uh, cutting my kids' genitals off. You know, I think that's really <laughs> the way to go. <laughs> I think wow, going good. right for the kids. You're really trying yeah, to get a gold know, star. Think, well, President Biden came out just the other day and said that it was really important to make sure that kids had the health care they need. What he means, of course, by this health care is child sex changes. And, uh, you know, I think it's the patriotic thing to do. So let's go for it. Kyle, that's going to be tough to beat because she's going right for child genital mutilation. So what do you got? Well, in my uh, victimhood competition here, my feminine side is a lesbian. So I'm feeling a little gay myself. And I don't really have a pride month. I, I have pride every month. So this is more like narcissism month for me. So I'm just going to like wrap, ratchet it up a little bit, you know, and uh, get a little more free for a little more colorful as, as it goes on. Wear some flair, you know. Maybe Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, we're going to recap uh, the week that was in politics and culture wars and all that stuff. Uh, but I wanted to start off actually with one kind of serious story. This was breaking yesterday, and it doesn't seem like it's making its way up to mainstream media yet. I want to read a tweet from Charlie Kirk, then we're going to show you a little video as well. Uh, here we go. According to reports, Jamie Foxx, is now, quote, paralyzed and blind from a blood clot in his brain after receiving the COVID-19 vaccine. Those of us who spoke against the mRNA shot were attacked in every imaginable way. I am infuri infuriated. A, a decent person like Jamie Foxx fell victim to Big Pharma because a movie set is still dumb enough to mandate their cash cow clot shot. Okay, so let's remove his editorializing for just a moment. It sounds like something really is up with actor Jamie Foxx. Uh, A.J. Benza, who's an independent journalist, been doing this for, for many decades, has broken many stories over the years. Uh, he went on Dr. Drew's show and explained a bit more about what seems to be going on. I, I worked my butt off to get 
a story about why what happened to Jamie Foxx. Because it was all baloney what they were reporting. He's playing pickleball. He's uh, responding on Instagram. No, he's not. People do that for you. It's all lies. I had somebody in the room who let me know that Jamie had a blood clot in his brain after he got the shot. He did not want the shot, but the movie he was on, he was pressured to get it. This movie he's doing with Cameron Diaz. And I'm thinking, is that why he blew up on the set a week before this medical emergency happened? Is that why he fired three or four people because he just had had it with these mandates? I don't know. But what I found out from the man in the room was that uh, the blood clot in the brain caused him at that point to be partially paralyzed and blind. Okay, so I can't speak to the, the truth uh, of this of this any more than you guys can. AJ Benza, he's been around forever. He's broken a lot of stories. I like and trust Dr. Drew, so he put him on. So I'm guessing Dr. Drew did some due diligence on this. But So let's just go with the information we have for a moment. Uh, Kyle, you were like one of the most outspoken people online against what was going on uh, with COVID-19, kind of from the beginning, but e- even now, uh, I take it this does not surprise you. No, I mean, it does surprise me in terms of we haven't seen a lot of cases of high profile uh, younger guys. I know he's 55 years old, um, but in in terms of the data, I was always surprised that we blew by the fact that young, healthy adults were never really at that grave a statistical risk. People without underlying heart conditions or uh, asthma or, or so on. So I really felt like you know, the mandates for younger people, uh, you know, forget the ethical issues on, on top of everything else, but the younger people, I didn't really uh, see a lot of statistical evidence for making such a, a strong push to get uh, people who might have natural immunity, might have antibodies already, um, might not be at, at, at serious statistical risk, uh, otherwise healthy. I just got a, a report out the other day, the Ministry of Health in Israel in response to a legal request, could not confirm any young, healthy adults, people between 18 and 49, dying specifically of COVID, just COVID. So the Jamie Foxx thing, I don't know if he's partially blind. I don't know his health status any more than you, like you said, Dave. Um, But putting people at risk with no liability protection at this point, uh, you know, you can't, there's nobody to sue, but they're leveraging our, you know, livelihoods against us in some cases, you know, like uh, media companies, you know, some that I work for, <laughs> Fox News, for example, uh, yep. other companies have made a push to get people uh, vaccinated, whether they had natural immunity or not, or whether they needed it statistically or not. Um, this should have been left up to the doctors. And uh, if Jamie Foxx didn't want it the way he, Dr. Peter McCullough supposedly, uh, you know, counseled him uh, about this. If he didn't want it, he should have been able to get a waiver easily. And, and doctors should have work, should work with people this, you know, to get waivers. Right. Um, so, so Libby, one of the things that really woke me up to all of this, you know, and I was pretty, well, I was certainly against mandates always, and I was neither here nor there on the vaccine. I just wanted more information. I did not get vaxxed. But one of the things that really red pilled me on it was when they were demanding that employers demand that their employees get vaxxed. And I'm sitting in a room usually with people in their 20s and 30s thinking, what right do I have to tell them what they're going to inject themselves with? It's a little unclear to me the timeline on this, but it sounds like he got injected because of a movie that maybe he's shooting right now with Cameron Diaz, which that's the fact that that could still be going on is just mind blowing. 
Well, I think the unions in L.A. are still pretty gung-ho on the vaccine. I know that that's still true for theaters on Broadway, uh, theater companies. They're still doing it. Some places you go, they're still forcing people to mask. The thing that I find so disconcerting about this situation with Jamie Foxx and as we see other headlines that are like, you know, such and such athlete, young, healthy, dies suddenly on the field, uh, heart condition suspected, things like this. What's really disconcerting is that during the pandemic, so much information about the vaccine and potential risks and concerns was suppressed. We saw people banned across social media for speaking out and just citing their statistics from the government. This is a government database of voluntary reporting on vaccine risks from doctors. We also heard from doctors saying that they didn't feel like they were able to speak out. Doctors who said that they didn't even report risks and things like that to VAERS. So, you know, the real issue is that we don't know if there's anyone to trust on this data. We don't have any reason to believe that we're getting accurate information about the risks. And we also don't have reason to believe that we're even getting or have recorded accurate numbers of COVID because we saw also during the pandemic, you'd see someone go into the hospital with a gunshot wound and then his death was recorded as COVID because he died with COVID, even though he obviously died from getting shot. Right. And as Kyle just referenced, this study out of Israel, I mean, literally zero people, 18 to 49, that they found died exclusively of COVID. Not three, not seven, zero people. Kyle, I assume we're all sort of past the point where we think anyone's going to pay for any of this. Like the ship has just kind of sailed. I mean, people will pay personally like Jamie Foxx is paying right now. But I mean, the people who are to blame for all of this. Yeah, I've tried over and over again. I, uh, you know, you and I were with, uh, you know, Governor DeSantis a couple of months ago, and uh, one of the things that I th that I've been trying to argue to people is that at the they COVID clearly panel, committed fraud. Clear, yeah, they clearly yeah. committed fraud. Uh, the CDC recently uh, divulged, like I believe it was April 2020, that they had a meeting, and uh, like there was COVID transmitted among that population in April 2020. Uh, do I have that right? I think so. No, to 21. Sorry. Um, okay. It, so it was early on in the shots, right? And all um, the majority of them were vaccinated. They just said in a statement that was this this last week. So that means that they lied that they never pre prevented transmission. It wasn't just that the variants escaped the transmitting, blocking, supposed mechanism that they didn't investigate, as we heard from the Pfizer rep in, in Europe uh, before the European Parliament. They never investigated it, but they keep telling – you can go to the CDC right now. They, you can look up on their website where they tell, they tell you to get vaccinated to help your community and help mm -hmm. your family. They mm -hmm. don't help anyone. It's an individual patient-centric Thing, so it always should have been an individual patient decision in consultation with your doctor with no mandates, no coercion and, uh, you know, personalized risk uh, assessment. But unfortunately, we couldn't do that. And, you know, they mucked up the water really good. I, it, it, it was a huge propaganda operation, obviously, a smokescreen that just, you know, and, and poor Americans who aren't very scientifically literate, they, they can't make heads or tails out of this. So. You know, if yeah. you're not a doctor, but you know statistics and you go and look at the statistics and you report them and tell them this doesn't add up, you know, they, they won't listen to you because you don't have a white lab coat on. Like Libby, I got, Libby, I got one more slightly different angle on this story, but I, I'm pretty sure that if someone was to jump on CNN.com right now or MSNBC.com or Washington Post, blah, 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 they're not going to see this story. Now, again, I don't know if it's fully true. We'll find out about that. 
But uh, can you just talk a little bit, since you're the editor at, at Post Millennial, about just the media version of all of this, where because this doesn't fit the narrative that the vaccines are perfect, the media will go out of its way to ignore it. Or you would think that if this is a completely made up story, they would be running a story debunking it because they love debunking the lies of, you know, the anti-vax people. Yeah, I mean, certainly the Washington Post, the New York Times, none of these outlets want to, CNN want to run stories contradicting the Biden administration's narrative on COVID or on the vaccine. That's been clear for a long time. That being said, this is just one man's source and the family has, uh, the Jamie Foxx's daughter has said that um, it's not true. So it is hard without corroborating evidence to just go on one man's story. That being said, the Washington Post, the New York Times, CNN are constantly citing random ex-anonymous <laughs> source right. from somewhere or other. So um, it's not like that's really probably their concern. Uh, it's more likely that they just don't want to run anything about a prominent uh, beloved celebrity who has been injured from a vaccine that the man who is running for president for a second term continues to declare is safe and wholesome for everyone from infants all the way up to your elderly great-grandmother. Right. And by the way, Trump is on the campaign trail right now. I think he was in Iowa yesterday talking about how still he's so happy about the vaccines. But we'll get to more on the campaign stuff in just a moment. But it is Pride Month, everybody. Uh, I saw this video yesterday. Canadian flags have been replaced outside of the office of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau with, yes, you guessed it, the ugliest flag in the history of humanity, the gay pride flag. Take a look. Hey, Casey here. Live on Wellington Street, that's Parliament Hill behind me, and directly in front of me is the Prime Minister's office and the Privy Council. And guess what is flying here? Take two guesses. Here, I'll flip it around, show you the sign. Here we go. Office of the Prime Minister and Privy Council. No Canadian flags at the door of the Prime Minister's office, at the front door on Wellington Street. Libby, what I find disturbing about this, I'm obviously for equal rights and you can do whatever you want as an adult and all of those stupid qualifiers that everyone's getting tired of saying. Um, but to me, that flag now represents a political ideology more than, let's say, a, a sexuality or whatever it was originally set out to, meaning it is a, it is a flag that is based in equity, not equality, which is counter to most, most of what Western civilization has been built upon. It's into collectivism, the, the, the long list of leftist socialist ideas. That seems a little problematic, except that's pretty much what Justin Trudeau is all about, right? Yeah, Justin Trudeau fully stands for this flag. I'm surprised that he didn't put a big old rainbow colored maple leaf right in the center of it <laughs> and just change the flag entirely. Uh, but yeah, this is what he's really all about. They have in Canada, he's banned conversion therapy, which means that um, you can't tell a child who claims to have been born in the wrong body that there's nothing wrong with their body and they're perfectly healthy and they're going to grow up healthy and things will be fine. Um, you, There's hate speech in Canada where you can't can't misgender under penalty of law. You can take someone to the Human Rights Commission for misgendering you, apparently. Uh, yeah, this is what Canada is all about. Canada is all about equity and Justin Trudeau's ego and, um, you know, pomp and uh, presentation 
and they don't really care about their citizens. These are the same people that were dragging people out of homes during COVID because there were five people in a home instead of four. So, you know, he makes a, a big point about equity and all of this, but where citizens are concerned, their rights are being curtailed. He's pushed through a big censorship bill for um, Canadian speech online that's actually affecting a lot of Facebook traffic mm -hmm. and pages and things like that. So we know what Justin Trudeau really stands for. It is something much more along the lines of authoritarian, authoritarianism, political ideology, and no concern for Canadians' actual rights. Kyle, there was a little-known psychology professor out of the University of Toronto back in 2016 known as Jordan Peterson who was warning that these pronoun laws that they were trying to pass, I think it was Bill, I always forget it was Bill C-16 or 17. I always forget it was 16 or 17. Uh, what was it? I'm pretty sure it was 16. 16, okay, so Bill C-16. And everyone said, oh, you're crazy, you're a conspiracy theorist, you're a nutbag. Flash forward eight years, here we are. Well, I think the interesting thing about this rainbow flag push everywhere is that it's a passive aggressive attack on religion and national identity. It's not about inclusion. It's not about tolerance. It's not about acceptance because honestly, Christians, which is apparently the target demo that they're trying to shove this rainbow down their throat, uh, they've been very tolerant and acceptive of people yep. you know, throughout. That doesn't mean they have to agree with everything that comes with it. And the same thing should go the other way. You know, like gay people don't have to agree with Christians on everything either. So creating a safe space or a free speech zone or whatever really means what it says. It's not this one direction thing where if you question the narrative, if you question rainbow flags being put up in front of Justin Trudeau's uh, prime minister office and uh, that, that that makes you a bigot. It makes you hateful. No, because they're actually just attacking you. This is what critical theory is all about. It's blank. It's taking tolerance and kindness and, and happiness and love and forgiveness. And on the inside of it, it's accusations about the white supremacy structure and all of these other uh, ideas and notions that they, that they argue systemic racism and, so it's it's this is giant ball of uh, you know uh, you know uh, of attacking us based on our identity. So like, why is our identity not okay, and their identity is okay? Why can't all of our identities be okay? Why can we? When can we just stop pointing fingers at each other over things that don't really matter? Which is really. It, what I think a lot of this is about with the Target and the Bud Light and all, you know, and Coles and all of this stuff, we're going to be talking about that instead of Joe Biden not being yeah. able to do anything competently and this horrific debt ceiling deal. And I'm you know, pretty and so sure forth. I'm pretty I sure there's no better there's no better place for gay people or whatever to live than say a Canada, a United States. France, things like that, right? France is getting tricky because of their uh, migrant situation. Also, I think we should start calling him Pride Minister Justin Trudeau instead of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. What do you think about I think that? He that kind of, he, he would love that. He would love that. He would love that with like his gay a big socks. Pan right here. He would be thrilled. I think we should get some hats together. I think we should get some merch, send it on up there. He would rock the hell out of that stuff. He really would. All right, let's show you some images. Here's what's going on in DC, right back here in the good old US of A. The trains are gay. It's just never ending. And then I did see this one, which I actually really appreciated. This is a random person on, on Twitter tweeted out this image. It says, LGB don't even want Pride, any, Pride Month anymore. We just want to be separated 
from the TQ plus and Elon Musk totally agree. And I really do think that is the sentiment. I personally have nothing to do with these people. I wanted equal rights. I've got them. There are no such thing as gay rights. There are equal rights in Western society. Libby, you want to bring us home on this one? Yeah, this is something that I think a lot of gays and lesbians have found really frustrating is essentially that the T has overtaken the entire movement of equal rights uh, for people with different sexual orientations. We saw recently reported by Katie Davis Court at the Post Millennial that some crosswalks in Olympia, Washington that are normally pride crosswalks for June this year are just the trans flag, the baby pink, baby blue and white, which of course infantilizes everyone and was made by a man who was a fetishist who forced his wife to take part in these fetishes. Um, and if I recall, is a, a bit pedo as well. So that's what we are celebrating when we pump up this big, um, this big flag and it has taken over. Uh, and I think also it's really not great for people who are adults and who are trans and who live that lifestyle this movement is not great for them because they're seeing a whole lot of pushback. Most of these people just want to pass and get through their lives and exist the way they want to exist. And now they are fully equated with a movement that seeks to deny women's rights, deny rights for gays and lesbians, and push children into sex changes. So this movement isn't good for anyone except for people like Justin Trudeau and pundits and politicians who use it to gain you know, ESG points all and, over and the place. Yeah, and as I often say, and I just think it's worth repeating until everyone gets it, there is no movement that is more anti-gay than the trans movement. Exactly. Because it, nobody, yeah. if there was a group of Christians that were trying to cut the genitals off young gay kids, we all know what we would be saying about them rightly. Uh, it would and, be horrifying. And right, this is and, horrifying. Yeah. And they're and also anti-women yeah. because they want women yeah. to be have the crap beat out of them by men. But all right, let, let, let's move on because, Kyle, you <laughs> made a point. We're, we're distracted by these nonsensical issues related to Target and Bud Light and everything else. There's some other stuff going on in the country. This debt ceiling deal did get passed. And uh, House uh, Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy uh, seems pretty uh, pleased with himself. Here we go. I believe in looking after America first. More than two-thirds of our conference voted for it. We got all the Democrats who signed a discharge petition to say they would never raise the debt ceiling, only raise it clean. We got them to vote for it too. So think about how much further we can go. I told you then, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Each week, we have stood up for the American public, be it its strongest border security. We put the citizens of America first. And we didn't do it by taking the easy way. We didn't do it by the ways that people did it in the past, by just lifting it. We decided that you had to spend less, and we achieved that goal. All right, before we all jump into that, uh, let's go to another Republican who did not vote for it, uh, Texas Congressman Chip Roy. My colleagues, be very clear, not one Republican should vote for this deal. It is a bad deal. No one sent us here to borrow an additional $4 trillion to get absolutely nothing in return. But at best, if I'm being really generous, a spending freeze for a couple of years. That's it. That's about what you get. And frankly, 
you're going to make things worse. And my Democratic colleagues know it. That's why they're supporting it. Mm -hmm. That's why they're going around gleeful. Look, there's a reason our Democrat colleagues support this. There's a reason that Mitt Romney supports this. There's a reason that Bill Kristol supports this. It's all the same stuff. Kyle, it strikes me that they're both telling the truth to a degree. McCarthy's like, hey, the Democrats wanted some really crazy crap. They didn't get all that. And then Chip's like, no, it's still, uh, you know, you know, low to turd, basically. Well, I'm just I'm just tired of the gaslighting. It just reminds me of like you're on a tight budget and your wife goes out shopping and she uses the credit card that is almost maxed out to buy you know, a dress for $200 and she comes back and tells you, well, it wasn't $300. I saved us a hundred dollars. <laughs> no, it, you know, it's not like we're making money off of this. You're spending uh, money that we don't have on things that we don't need, which is really the concern of a lot of taxpayers. So the federal budget, the funny, the interesting thing about all of this is that you look at the IRS. I think that's a great one, the, the IRS staffing. So they were able to cut a, a little bit of the budget, like 10, like it was like 12% of the, yeah, it's, of it's the proposed nothing. budget. Yeah. But the interesting thing about that is if you look at the Biden administration's arguments for this hiring more agents over the course of 10 years, they want to recoup $200 billion or so from the richest people in order to pay for the climate scan <laughs> for mm -hmm. carbon energy credits and, and you know, uh, green initiatives and so on. So really every time I try to find something good, like the PAYGO, for example, the pay goes like it means like if you want to change your budget, you have to offset it with savings. But the Biden administration is given uh, the budget director is given a waiver. So, you know, they're just going to use the waiver whenever they want to. You're never going to be able to pin them down on that. So if you just go one through one, one thing at a time and try to analyze each one of them, it's a poison pill pretty much every time that you go through. And once again, uh, you know, not spending more money is not saving money. It's right. just so, spending less of our money. <laughs> so, Libby, to that to that point, I, my heart is with Chip here. My, well, actually, my heart and my brain are with Chip. Like, this is just more nonsense. We know nothing is going to be resolved or get better or anything. And then the purely, the part of me that just understands politics is like, well, McCarthy, if he doesn't do a deal, basically we know the Republicans get blamed for it and likely we do end up in a recession and most of us don't want to end up in a recession. Is this just kind of why politics both sucks and blows? Yes, it is It is why politics sucks and blows. Um, but also you have to remember that 46 progressive Democrats also voted against this bill and claimed that you know Biden had given up too much. So this is another situation where we raise the debt limit with moderate members of both parties uh, right. taking the centrist approach and raising the debt limit so that we didn't have to deal with anything else about it. That being said, this is one of the most boring news cycles. It's always boring when we go <laughs> and ask the credit card companies if we can please have some more. Um, and it's going to be like this every time. We're never not going to raise the debt limit. All of this hemming and hawing about we're going to default and everything's going to go terribly. We were always going to do this. There was never a question about it. So I think McCarthy did make some gains. And I think that that's useful. Um, Biden also couldn't keep his whole party together, which I think is important to note as we head into 2024. He does not have control of this, this party and, um, you know, people on his side really don't like him as well. Well, uh, speaking of speaking of people on his side. So check out you mentioned the 40 some odd progressives that didn't vote for this thing. 
uh, Jamal Bowman from New York, who is one of the most hysterical, like, real oh, nutbags. I mean, the guy's basically assaulting people every which way he can and gotten <laughs> Thomas Massey's face, and he's always yelling at everybody and blah, blah, blah. Uh, here, li listen to his rhetoric about this thing. I'm very frustrated. You know, I, I called on the president to invoke the 14th Amendment and mint a coin and do not negotiate with hostage takers. I mean, we don't negotiate with terrorists globally. Why are we going to negotiate with the economic terrorists here that are the Republican Party? Okay, first off, we do negotiate with terrorists. That's, that's oh number one. Uh, that's number one. Number two, he wanted to mint a trillion dollar coin, which I, I, I'm pretty sure that was an episode of The Simpsons, which almost everything is. But, but that's what they think of economics. Oh, we can literally just create a coin and say it's worth a trillion dollars and do whatever the hell we want with any, everything. Kyle, I kind of wish I lived in their world. Like, what are we all doing? Wouldn't it yeah, be nice that's to live in that, that fantasy land? drives you land? mad about their conversation. They act like our money is their money. That's that's a, that's what they don't seem to get. Like their brains, their whole way of looking at at the economy, it's it it's it's all just one shared pot. So, you know, who cares if we dilute the pot a little bit by dumping a trillion dollar coin into it? You know, and uh, it, it's just it must be wonderful to be so childlike and naive and like never have read. Uh, you know, history of banking and money, monetary theory or anything like this that says that this scam has basically been going on since the beginning of money, you know, through the Roman Empire, through, you know, debasing the currencies. It's not a new trick. It's been around mm -hmm. for a long time and it almost always leads to ruin. You don't need to be Adam Smith to figure that out. So, uh, you know, it's just like, you know, I listen to these people and I just, you know, everything is new to them. It's wondrous. It's, you know, we can experiment and. <laughs> See, see if we get inflation. Oh, yes, we're getting inflation and nobody should Libby, be surprised. And, and that's Libby, what's going to happen, like to, to Libby's point earlier about, you know, we're never going to not raise the debt ceiling. That is true. And we're never going to not stop debasing our currency until we have massive de-dollarization de <laughs> across the world as, as people just keep dumping, dumping the dollars. And, uh, you know, that's going to... That's Libby, I thought I thought though, of, uh, negative things. Obviously, I thought we were the ones. I thought it was those crazy right wingers who are always using the inflammatory language. Uh, he's calling basically half the country terrorists. Yeah, they've been doing this for a while. They hate half the country, and they're not afraid to say it. And they just demand that everyone believe that anyone who opposes progressive ideology is a white supremacist, even the black people and Mexicans and brown people who oppose progressive ideology are racists to these folks with, with an X. I just want to point that out. That, that was excellent pronunciation yes. by you. Uh, let, let's, jump to, <laughs> let's jump to one more thing, because yesterday um, Joe Biden fell. And we are literally at any moment one second away from President Kamala Harris. So uh, I'm sure most people have seen the video already, but take a look. You know what, Connor? I actually want to throw back to it for one sec because I want people to notice that he, when he tried to get up initially, he could not get up on his own. I don't know if he has any public appearances today. Maybe you guys know. Can we Google that? Actually, see if he has any public appearances. He today? does. Yeah, uh, he does have some. He's okay, giving so that, a speech about the debt ceiling deal, like this uh, early afternoon, mid afternoon, evening. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. The guy's the president of the United States. I certainly don't want President Kamala's. But could you throw it to him one more time? Because I don't think this was as nothing as it just appears. You know, if somebody just trips. 
Yeah, I mean, he wasn't going to get back up. Uh, Libby, look, I, I know none of us are big on his policies and the people watching this are not big on his policies and everything else, but, but this is really getting depressing at, at some level, right? Yeah, I, when I saw this fall, I was actually worried about him. We know what happens when elderly people fall. It often signals a decline that they never recover from. So I was glad to see that he was able to get up, even with help. I was glad to hear that nothing was broken. I, I do not want President Kamala Harris. She makes absolutely no sense when she speaks. She would just try and solve things with a bunch of you know, confusing Venn diagrams that only she understands, <laughs> a whole big laughing about nothing. It would be very confusing. So I do hope that Biden makes it, of course, as I'm sure we all do, to the uh, to the end of his term. Um, but yeah, whoever put that sandbag there probably should should not not be permitted to put things near the president anymore. Um, and it was disconcerting that he wasn't able to get up. I think that does signal. Uh, some concern about his physical health. That being said, he falls down all the time, right? I mean, we did see the um, that bike accident where he just totally went down. I would prefer a president who doesn't just go down and have trouble getting up, though. Yeah, I'm telling you right now, my prediction is this. I mean, first off, we're a year and a half away, so God only knows what could happen to him in, in the meantime, falling, whatever else is going on with him, et cetera. I'm telling you, if DeSantis is the nominee, they are replacing Biden. There is no way they will let him on the stage with Ron DeSantis. They will let him on the stage with Trump, which won't be good either, but I, that is just my, my bold prediction. Kyle, like, if this was Trump, if that had been Trump, everything on CNN for the next 48 hours would have been 25th Amendment. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about Trump is we saw how resilient he was when he got COVID and went to the hospital. He just backed like the undertaker, like two days, like boom, <laughs> hitting, the, hitting the ground running. Uh, Biden, on the other hand, if you look even before the speech at the Air Force Academy, he was wandering around like backstage. He looked like he, he just needed direction. And, and this is supposed to be the commander in chief. He can't even command a flight of stairs half the time. So like he, he, the way he falls down doesn't inspire confidence, confidence in the American people. It's a, it's an apt metaphor for where we are uh, in this country right now. And I, the thing about Biden getting to the debate, I do wonder if, uh, you know, a lot of that comp compromising material, the FBI informant information about the alleged $5 million, uh, $5 million bribery scheme involving Ukraine, supposedly, uh, you know, that, that sort of backstory, we're going to see what happens with that and how much, uh, you know, these intel agencies want to go to bat for, for Biden, because he's obviously uh, physically impaired. He's uh, seems to be ethically compromised, or his family is at the very least. And so we'll we'll see how this plays out. But I mean, his health continues to deteriorate. You, you've got to think that some of that material, it, it, you know, I'll be watching to see if it comes out. We'll see what happens with the uh, Comer and Raskin and this document that Ray suddenly wants to to, to show them redacted, obviously. But we'll see how redacted it is. When right. It, comes it does. Out. It does seem like if it gets too hot with all of that, they'll they'll, they'll just say he's got dementia or whatever it is. And that'll be that. Uh, last thought, Libby, um, it would be nice if another Democrat would just get up there and say what we all know to be true, but they're just, nobody's going to do it, right? D or do you think anyone will do it at some point and just say, you know, it's time and he's got to move on? No, I think that would be really detrimental. They don't have anyone else. You know, there's not anyone waiting in the wings that can really capture the hearts and minds of the American people. Uh, Gavin Newsom, you know, he's sort of out there, but he's just so awful. I mean, he's just 
such a slimy, horrible man. He's a hypocrite and he's terrible. Uh, I've heard some talk about like maybe Andrew Cuomo wants to take a turn, but no one likes Kamala Harris. Even after her term as VP, she's horrible. Like who would they, who would they possibly bring up there to run? All they have are really old people. And they got gay Pete. What about about Michelle Obama? I mean, it is pride month, so we'll see. (laughs) Good. That was good. I get the meme reference there. Everyone will have to think about it if you didn't quite get what Kyle did there. Uh, Guys, happy pride to you. Pleasure having you both on. Uh, We will do it again soon. We got a post-game show for everybody else at rubenreport.locals.com. And if you're not joining us, have a great weekend. We will be back on Monday. Ciao. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubinreport.locals.com.